BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, Mike with BeastNet here and uh, on today's episode I've got with me Julie. Julie, remind everyone who you are and what you do. I am the uh, owner and race director for the Phoenix Race uh, brand. We are a um, Eastern, used to be Southeastern, now we're just saying Eastern, (laughs) Eastern race brand uh, in the United States. We have uh, eight events this year in the OCR realm, and then we also do some triathlons. Um, uh, Co-founder of OCR Addicts and the OCR Strong Foundation, and I uh, do a little bit of work with Legend Born as well. So I'm just all things OCR. Nice. See, and that's, that's, that's so cool. Um, I really want to get down there for any of your triathlons. I've actually got a couple coming up, um, depending on when Dawn airs this one. Um, I'm doing one this weekend and one next weekend. So we'll see how that goes. I'm trying to, I'm getting more into those. Um, the swimming is killing me, but... <laughs> I'll get that figured out eventually, but I've been saying that forever. I have so many, I've told so many people, it's like, you know, my wife says, she's like, I'm really good at not drowning, but I'm just not good at swimming. So, and for those that don't know, and have never done this, that is two different things, not drowning and swimming are completely different things. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I'm a director, not a triathlon racer. I'm not a triathlete, not in any way, size, shape or form. <laughs> I admire yeah. them. Awesome. I, I, I would have said that before, but I'm, I'm trying now I'm trying to do it. So we'll see how that goes. Awesome. Well, y'all have to come see us. <laughs> I definitely. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting. It's a different sport. I mean, to go from OCR to two triathlons. I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit last time because you were just starting, you know, to do it last time I had you on, but what kind of brought that on? What, what brought on going from OCR to triathlon? Cause that's, it doesn't sound that different, but they are two completely different sports, two completely different setups because you have to set up the transitions, all that crazy stuff because people don't think about it. You swim, then so you've got to make sure the transition's close to the water because you have to swim, jump out of the water, get on your bike, take off, usually come back to the same spot, and then suddenly go run. And usually a lot of people don't think about it. The bike course and the run course aren't on the same course. Right. So you're really setting up three different courses in three different types of areas for three different activities. And it just sounds insane. I mean, I, I've been to, you know, I've done what three now. And I'm like, I don't, I, I, I think I'd lose my mind just trying to set up one. <laughs> um, so triathlons are actually a lot less work than obstacle course races, because, uh, you know, if you think about an obstacle course race, we're building for a solid seven days. Um, and then yeah. host, and then we have three days for teardown. So with a triathlon, we start Friday morning. We're set up by you know packet pickup Friday afternoon, and then we're tearing down and usually back to our hotel by one o'clock on Saturday. So it's a lot less physical work. Um, the clientele is definitely different. And there's a, a huge learning curve for me. Um, the, the way I got involved with it was one of our host cities uh, had a triathlon for 36 years and the guy that owned it wanted to retire. And so several of the athletes and a couple of the city people had um, called me and said, hey, you need to take this over. And, you know, I told every one of them, no, I was like, there's no way. I, I, 
I didn't even know how to spell triathlon. I put an A. <laughs> so um, after talking to a couple of people that were uh, good friends of mine that were triathlon race directors, and they said, you know, we'll help you and um, you can do this. It's, it's not that difficult. I said, okay, let's do it. And so we hosted one in Mississippi last year. That was, was a very successful event for my first one. I was pleased with it. And another uh, race owner contacted me and asked me if I'd be interested in buying theirs um, because he uh, just doesn't have time to do his doctor. And, you know, mm. he is um, busy saving lives. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it sounds, you know like a valid valid excuse <laughs> yeah so now we have another triathlon brand and um that's coming up in august in columbus mississippi so we're excited about that uh but you know it's it's like i said it's a different world it's um way more pleasurable to host triathlons in the summer than it is obstacle course races i could see that yeah. Uh, it's one of those, like I said, I, it just seems like it'd be two completely different, you know, like I said, different styles where, you know, with the obstacle course, you know, and you don't think about that, you are building for like a week before and then two to three days after where a lot of the triathlon, you're just trying to figure out the, the routes and getting okays and permits to be able to close down roads or to however they let you do it, or just, you know, use part of the road or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I could see where they could be, you know different but it's just it's more patience than i have (laughs) yeah race directing does take a lot of patience i am uh just floored at some of the questions that we get it just blows my mind i can only imagine i I mean i've done i've you know like uh, the iron man that was here last year I, i volunteered and just some of the questions i got when i'm like handing out the pack and i'm like i don't know just take the packet and go. But, you know, but then some of the other questions you're like, wait, what, why, why does that even matter? You know, some people get very worried about some of the weirdest things and you're just like, how, what? <laughs> well, I had a uh, registrant ask me at her last obstacle course race. She said, where do our kids stay when we're racing? Uh, I, hopefully with their grandparents. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere else. I mean, I'll duct tape them, put them in a corner. I mean, I, yeah, no, not here, not with me. <laughs> That's not my responsibility. I mean, your kids are your responsibility. You decided to have them. Yeah, no. Yeah, people get very interesting. It's one of those things, I, like I said, I I volunteered at a few and just even doing like construction safety every once in a while, you're just looking at people like, really? Yeah. This is the question you're asking? I mean, it's like, I don't even know if I want to answer that. I think I just, you know, and there's been a couple where I literally, I've just kind of looked at them and said, yeah, okay. And just walked away. I'm like, I, I'm not even sure how to answer this, so. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. <laughs> it, is, it is, it is. You know, it, it definitely interesting. Um, like I said, it was one of those things I just kind of randomly decided want to try it. Um, and so far, I enjoy triathlons. I'm, like I said, still trying to get past the swimming portion, but we'll figure that out eventually. So eventually, I hope. Um, I've been able to finish a sprint, but I'll be honest, on an Olympic, I have DNF'd an Olympic because my I killed myself in the swim. And then... I couldn't breathe. Like it's the first time my wife's ever seen me literally ask her for my inhaler. Cause I could not breathe after I got right. out of the water. And then, um, one of the volunteers told me to take a wrong turn. Oh God. 
So on the bike ride. So it was like, I ended up like in the wrong spot. And I, at the time I even, I, when I got out of the water, they're like, you have 35 minutes to get nine miles. And I'm like, I'm going for it. I think I can make it. But the second I took that wrong turn, it was over. So wow. I'm like, oh, but then also my bike started making mistakes because I'm cheap and laid it on its side and bent one of the derailers. So it wasn't shifting. Right. So that made another issue. So now I've, I have the nice rack for the back of the car, everything to hang the bike. I'm like, you know, everyone like it's a $3,000 bike, but you don't want to buy it, you know, a rack for it. And I'm like, eh, you know, <laughs> it's a $3,000 bike that I paid $10 for. I mean, come on, give me a break. I'm cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a whole different thing. It's like the, you know, you as a racetrack, I'm sure, but for like me as a racer, it's like figuring out all new equipment. You know, it's so much different wetsuits, bikes, you know, everything else, clips to, to use the clip pedals, which I'm going to be, I'm going to so die this weekend trying to use clip pedals. So I've only practiced on them like twice and I br- br- bent one of them and had to rebend it. And it's been, yeah, it's been a nightmare oh. learning all the, the, the weird, you know, stuff and equipment that goes with them. So I couldn't imagine being the race director. Actually, the more I think about it, I think the race director might be easier, but yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you have a few triathlons coming up then. So now you, you've bought another brand. So like you said, you have the one that you were doing, you bought another brand that's coming up in August. How many races did that brand have? Uh, they just had the one okay. and um, it's called the Possum Town. So it's, it's a neat little niche. It's on a Army Corps of Engineers property. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be neat. I'm looking forward to it. It sounds like a pretty cool one. So, so, yep. so far you have two triathlons and how many mud runs do you have now? I know Phoenix has a few. Yeah. So we have um, three Phoenix races. Uh, we have Murder Creek Mud Run. Scenic City Mud Run, uh, Black Swamp now, which we're super excited about. It's coming up in a few weeks, and uh, Berserker Battle, and we hosted the Tuscaloosa Gauntlet this year as well. So, is that eight, seven, eight, nine? <laughs> it's getting up there. <laughs> it, is, is a, it is. Which is amazing. I, I, mean, I heard great things about yours. I definitely got to get out there once I'm on the East Coast. So, well, middle of the country, East yeah. Coast, whatever. Um, you know, I, I would love to do a race every month. Uh, I think that would be just like success for me. I mean, I got yeah. a goal, a good goal race every month, but, um, you know, those January and February and December race really got to have the right venue. So, um, you know, that. we can, until we can nail that down, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep on, keep on keeping on with our spring through fall. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like. Well, I could see it being, you know, especially the 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 December January races. But I mean, you know, there's Florida stuff like that, which you know. But like living up here in Washington, no, no. Like even the ones that do like April races up here, I mean, you're you're swimming. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I think we could do uh, Southern Florida maybe January February, but. you know, just getting the property nailed down. And when you're such a small company, you know, it's just me and Jason. That's it. We've yeah. um, got some a wonderful ambassador team that um, steps up and helps with social media and sponsorships and packet pickup and volunteers. Um, but as of right now, it's just us. Uh, and so trying to scout new venues while we're already planning, 
you know, to, to trips to take off and go to Ohio and, and everywhere else is a little bit difficult. I can see that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen in time. And when it, you know, when the opportunity comes about, we'll, we'll definitely check into it, try to scope it up, but it's, uh, you know, it'll be maybe next year, maybe the year after. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, not to sound bad, but I mean, you are growing, which is always a, a good sign. Um, you know, maybe not in the, the typical way that a lot of people grow, but you're still growing, but it's just basically, you know, by like some people do by acquiring other, you know, brands and stuff like that, which works out too, because you're taking brands that otherwise would have been leaving that market. And now you're keeping them there. And that's one of the things like, you know, we've, I've talked a lot about, I love the local races and it's so tough up here in the Northwest. We've watched so many local races come up and we're like, this is so much fun. And then all of a sudden they're gone. Yeah. you know, because they just can't survive. And, um, there's, I mean, I can name a bunch off the top of my head that have been here and just, they, they couldn't keep going. Um, and it's so amazing to see someone, you know, look at those, you know, I mean, down in that area and say, Hey, this is going to be going away and they're going to lose this, you know, and you be able to, to step in and keep it going for, you know, those, those racers down there that need that. I mean, it's one of those things. A lot of us need these races and it's really tough up here. You know, that's one of my biggest problems with living in the Northwest. It's part of the reason I went to triathlons to fill in the gaps because, you know, for when it comes to OCR, besides like, I mean, not to sound bad. I just don't feel like driving a long way for some of the, some of them. It's like, they're not really local, but they're a smaller brand. And you're just like, this is half the obstacles. You're like, I think I'm going to die, but <laughs> you know, so some of those, I'm just like, I don't really want to go do those ones. I want the better ones, but it's like, they're not coming. You know, yeah. I have, you know, the, the big boys, they come for like three months. We have them in August, September and well, September. So, and that's kind of the thing is, so a lot of it for me is like, well, I don't have those. So what else can I could do? So it's like, I just did a Ragnar freaking amazing. Never done a Ragnar before. Loved it. Um, tired as can be though. I mean, I'm still like three days later, my body's like, oh, I still want to take a nap, but you know, that was amazing. I've done the Sisu, another amazing race. So it's kind of like, I've had to branch out because we didn't have those where we didn't have somebody up here, you know, who's saying, oh, that race is going out. Let me step in and see if I can, you know, save it and make it even better. So, and it's amazing that you can do that down there. We're trying. Uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. We are, we're really excited to have bought the Black Swamp brand. I think that is going to be um, just an amazing combination because we're, we'll take some of our signature obstacles that of course they've got obstacles that are permanent there. So I'm, I'm very excited to get out there and see how Jason integrates the, the two brands together. Um, they have some amazing obstacles already. And then, you know, we'll bring our, our peg wall and um, probably triple seven and our 60 foot rig and those kinds of things. Uh, and some of our signature heavy carries and just, it's kind of the best of both worlds. So the folks in Ohio who always loved racing with Troy and Sandy are, are going to get um, that course and a little bit extra. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, it's also helpful that Troy and Sandy, uh, who we bought the race from, are amazing people and, you know, have kind of held our hand along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, 
they don't we don't know people in Ohio where we don't have a, a following in Ohio so um, we'll see how it works we'll see how that turns out that's coming up August 13th so it'll be here before we know it <laughs> Which is awesome. I mean, and that sounds so cool. I mean, but like you said, I mean, it's one of those, you're taking it over from someone. So, I mean, it's established, but at the same time, it's like an established brand that's there that people already know about, but now you get to put your keep with what they were doing to kind of say, Hey, it's an established, here's some cool stuff that they were doing, but here's some twist on it. And here's some of the stuff that we do, you know, yeah. and that's one of the things I've always loved about the locals. And I mentioned that like a lot of the big guys, I can go to their race here. Or I can go to the race in, you know, Texas, it's the same race. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Same and obstacles, everything. <laughs> it's expensive. It's the same thing. We, I talked about this yesterday. Somebody said, what does, what makes your race brand different? And I said, well, you can run five of our events and have five different medals and five different t-shirts. So you're not going to get the same medal at every single event. Um, you know, and that's why we like to theme them. That's why we kept the Black Swamp, the Black Swamp. That's why we kept Murder Creek or Murder Creek. Um, you know, so we like that because it, it draws into the, plays into the tourism aspect of it to draw people into the commu community, excuse me, but it also gives it a little bit of a niche. So, you know, if you ran Murder Creek and got that awesome spinner medal last year, you're like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do at Scenic City to top this? Yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm big on really good medals and really good shirts. I, I like the bling. I do not want to pay $150 and finish a race and get the same medal I got at the last race and a shirt that doesn't fit me. <laughs> and I mean, I agree. I mean, and I've ran in that with a few where all of a sudden it's like, you know, like I said, it's the same medal or same medal, same shirt, probably the, the probably the exact same obstacles. They were yeah. just moved from, you know, Seattle to, to, you know, wherever. And that's kind of the, the hard part for me. And I'm nothing against those. I, they're fun. I like the people we have a blast, but at the same time, I like the little ones because every once in a while you're doing it, like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. This obstacle is just amazing. I never would have thought of this, you know, and like, that's what I like. Just say it's a lot of innovation at the yeah. local. And sometimes some of this, what seems like the stupidest little idea is just the most amazing, funnest thing. I think one of my favorite ones that I've had at a local one was they took a bunch of tires and stacked them up into a maze and then put a tarp over the top of it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> a a black tarp. So it was darkness. It was pitch black and you're trying to crawl through this maze. It's only like, you know, a foot and a half high. And you're like, this is so stupid, but at the same time, so amazing. Jason likes to do uh, obstacles that are simple if you can figure it out, mm -hmm. but people don't figure it out because they don't take the time to stop and look at the obstacle and go, okay, if I did it this way, it would be easier. They just start going. I mean, one of our obstacles is called dig deep and it's just a tall frame, almost, uh, you know, imagine a football goal, goal post. Yeah. And you take a, I think the women's is 15 and men's is 20. It might be 25. Anyway, it's a slam ball and they've got to toss it over the post. Now, granted it's 10 foot off the ground and that's, that's a haul. Um, so you'll see, and you'll see our elite racers, you know, just trying constantly just to basketball shoot that thing. And, you know, if they just turn around and lop it like a granny throw over their head, five times easier yeah. so 
little things like that um he likes to come up with pay attention to what you're doing um you you can get it done a lot easier which i mean there's a lot of those and i love those where they just make you kind of think a little bit where all of a sudden like ones where you get onto like that where you're trying so hard and then all of a sudden you see someone else doing you're like oh well that's so stupid and simple (laughs) yes like, why didn't I do that? You know, yeah. but then the things like, you know, when you have the ones like we we're talking about where it's the same obstacle over and over again, there's no challenge. I've done this a million times. When I come up to it, I know the easiest way to do it because I did it last week. Right. You know, yeah. where all of a sudden I come up on something like that and you're like, Ugh, and you're trying to think about it. And some of them were just brute strength. There was one that I, you know, I never got to do, unfortunately, because they, they went out of, you know, folded before, you know, during COVID when I was supposed to go do it. But they had one where it was just, you picked up a rock and threw it over your shoulder. But it was like, I had to do it 20 times. Ollie, yeah. So it was just one of those things. It sounds like the, but by the end, it's by, by number 20, you're like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> my arms don't want to work anymore. You know, and I've, there's so many of those that you just don't think about. Like I did one not too long ago where you had to pick up a bunch of the, the weights, the kettlebells and go to the other side, set it down, go back at the, the other ones. And once you got them over there, then turn around and bring them all back. Well, and everyone's over there and it's like the stupidest thing, but they're like, oh, but everyone's doing it going back and forth. And I came up there and literally just slid my arms through all the handles and grabbed one, the, you know, the farthest one and picked them all up like 120 pounds on each side. And, oh just went. and they're like, what the, and I'm like, nobody said how many times we had to do this. If I have to do this, I'm doing it once. Yeah. So and to the other end, turned around and walked back and they're like, oh, <laughs> like, that one. <laughs> I didn't say yeah. how many times it had to take me to do it. I'm doing it in one shot. <laughs> I think you do good at one of our races. Yeah. So I definitely got to get down there. Cause like I said, I love those ones that it's just sometimes the, the stupidest, easiest ones, you know, and the whole idea of that one was one, cause they're shooting in that one too. It was to smoke your arms before you got to the guts. Uh, so, yeah. So awesome. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's, the state of the industry right now is just it's up in the air um you're all of the talk and the rumors about the big guys struggling and they are struggling i mean it's evident um but the little guys are struggling too Uh, you know we're seeing about a 40 to 50 percent decrease in registration from last year and um i i wanted to know why you know i emailed all of our racers that did not return and surveyed them and 72 percent of them said gas prices yeah so (laughs) you know and, and that gas prices doesn't just affect your registration you know we're driving a diesel truck to ohio times that's fifteen hundred dollars in diesel when mm-hmm. trip so you know it before we even buy a metal buy a shirt build an obstacle we've got forty five hundred dollars in cost and fuel yeah. alone so uh you know it's it's gonna be interesting to see what 2023 holds for the industry uh for who makes it into 2023 um you know we'll, we'll just have to see i mean we'll be there yeah it'll come hell or high water we'll be there (laughs) that'll be good yeah i mean it's not it's not gonna sink us or sink me um but yeah it's it's a it's definitely an unfortunate time for for a lot of race brands and it's there's been a lot of uh race directors coming together kind of thing and trying to 
support each other and hold each other up and say, hey, you know, if you need our rig or what our finish line arch or whatever you need, um, if we're not using it, come get it. We're happy to we're happy to lend it out. Because in reality, the more events that come about, the more racers we will pull to the sport. And as people are leaving the sport, we've got to replace them somehow. Um, one of the things that that I did, um, or not I did solely, but an idea that I spawned at Legendborn was the Young Legends team. And um, it's growing slowly, but it's growing. And that is solely to try to recruit more young people into the sport, because this is a sport of 40 and up for the most part. It is. And we got to get some of these, some of these younger guys in here <laughs> and expand, expand the sport so that we can then grow as, as individual brands throughout, you know, I mean, Phoenix and um, Warex and um, Frontline and Highlander and all of these great local races, um, you know, we support the sport just as much as the big guys do, because a lot of people come to one of our races and then feel like they're ready for a Spartan only to get to Spartan and realize our race was harder, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it gives them that confidence to go out there and tow the start line at that event. Um, you know, it, it's, it's all about working together. And uh, right now we've all got to work together and, and kind of help each other promote, um, help each other with whatever we can. And they do. I mean, because like you said, even the big guys are, are struggling. It's one of those things I've seen a couple of the bigger ones start canceling races because they're not getting enough signups. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones here in, you know, the Seattle area just got canceled in August because they didn't have enough. Yep. So it's one of those that, you know, hopefully, I mean, I mean, hopefully the sport keeps going. I think I'm hoping there's just a lull in it. I mean, I, I believe it's going to keep going. But it's just a matter of how much. I mean, we had a huge push right before COVID where everybody was, you know, there's a couple of race brands started having issues right then. But, you know, because it was starting to have a, a slight decline. But like I said, it's the smaller ones because you do those. And that's kind of what I did. I did a bunch of smaller ones and then thought, OK, I think I'm ready for a Spartan. And then realized some of those smaller ones were harder. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and, and everybody wants to show their support and the best way to do it is to sign up you know to register period so that's uh we'll, we'll see how the rest of the year plays out and uh it's, it's scary but it's not just obstacle course racing oh, i mean everybody. yeah triathlon our triathlon was down 60 percent um our marathon in october you know we're we're trailing 20 percent down so it's it's across the boards. Any kind of expendable income, I think, is um, people on to it. Yeah, it's like right now. I mean, I, the one I'm doing this weekend, the, the the triathlon. I just got an email yesterday saying, "Hey, I know you already paid for it, but if you show up Saturday and, and volunteer at packet pickup, we'll refund your money." Because not just are they having problems with racers, they're having problems with volunteers and getting help. So it was like one of those things I was shocked. I was like, you know, I think I'm going to be down there Saturday. Cause I, I wouldn't mind getting that race registration back, but it's That's one of those right. that, you know, they're, they're not just, I hear it every single one come help out. But I mean, I'll be honest, a lot of the bigger guys, they got to a point where they made it such a pain to volunteer that nobody wants to do it. It's like, it used to be like four, 
to six to eight hours, right around there. And you got, you know, a free race and now it's like 12. Yeah. They don't have the support like they used to. I mean, they used to give us full meals and stuff like that while we're volunteering for eight hours. Now it's like a, a, a peanut butter sandwich that looks like, you know, someone sat on it for six hours. So, I mean, it's like, why would I, why? You know, it's like, yes, the free race, that's worth it. But then after a while you start doing the math, it's like 12 hours, hundred and, you know, 80 bucks for a yeah. free race. I'm like, I might as well just gone to work. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's, I, I talked to somebody about that this week. It's, we haven't had a problem with volunteers because luckily what we have done is we have a, a large ambassador squad yep. and they are trained in our obstacles. So if they volunteer for the competitive heat, um, then they turn around and can race for free after that. So they have to volunteer for three hours tops and they race for free. Um, we have our pro team typically will run and then volunteer some after that, wherever we need them. We have been very, very blessed with a lot of people that um, just to volunteer. I mean, it amazes me. They don't even run them. They're, they're just there to volunteer. And of course, you know, we, when we can, we get their hotel rooms and their meals and, you yeah. know, we all try to take care of them like that because, you know, nobody wants to work for free, but <laughs> they come out and just hang out and support us. And it's, it just amazes me. So, um, you know, luckily volunteers have not been something we've had a problem with, but we also do a lot of charity work in the cities that we're in, like in Murder Creek, we um, partnered with a charity called Paws Cross and they had almost 40 volunteers out there on race morning doing anything and everything we needed them to. And then we in turn um, gave a portion of the profits back to them. Nice. And, and that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, you know, having stuff like that, but that also shows that you take care of your volunteers because they come back. Yeah. You know, and that was one of the things, you know, like, you know, when I first started doing some of the bigger races, my wife would volunteer while I raced, but then it became such a pain. She's like, I don't want to do it anymore. And I'm like, well, I'm yeah. not going to force you to, it was a bonus for me, but if you don't want to do it, okay, cool. You know, but you know, and that's one of those things is when you have a race that takes care of you, people come back and volunteer. So, and it's always cool finding the volunteers. One of the races I did, they actually got the, they would uh, use the junior ROTC because most of their races were military based yeah. So they'd have, they actually had to deal with the J, you know, ROTC and they would come out and, and volunteer. So that our, our Tuscaloosa race was military based and we had the, um, university of Alabama's, um, cadets out. So that was neat. Yeah. That's always cool to see them because uh, cadets are so respectful. I mean, it's like, and I'll be honest and not to sound sexist or anything, but the female cadets, the most respectful, helpful people I've ever dealt with. Oh, the yeah. guys couldn't get their heads out of the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty gay. They did a good job. They, yeah. it, you know, Ohio, we, most of our people aren't going to take that trek to Ohio. So uh, we'll have to see how that turns out. But we do have some, we did make some, um, great friendships with some folks up there um when we went up for we spent um we were supposed to spend seven days in ohio we spent almost 12 days in ohio because our diesel broke down uh, but we went up and ran the savage in ohio and then we did the black swamp their last race in ohio 
And um, so we got to meet a lot of their their volunteers and their big supporters that came out to to see them um, for the last event. Made some good relationships there, and and then the next week we went down to Indian Mud Run, and that's where it all went south, where the truck broke down in the parking lot in the in the festival area at Indian Mud Run. So oh. <laughs> had to have it towed to a mechanic. And um, I don't know if you've ever been to Indian Mud Run, but no, I want to. But I don't know if that's going to be a possibility or that. Yeah, because it sounds like they might be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I I can't even speak on that. <laughs> People yeah. keep asking me and get, trying to get me to talk about it. I'm like, I can't even talk about that. I don't I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> but that town's about this big. So oh. mechanic was difficult. The truck was broke down for uh, four full days up there. So we ended up having to rent a car and stay later than we had anticipated. And that was all kinds of fun, but, um, but we, you know, we got to meet a lot of great people that, um, a lot of them, we are friends on Facebook or they follow us on Instagram. And, um, we, we had never put a face the name because, you know, we're always in the South racing. We've been up to, uh, we've been up to Vermont. We've been up to the Tri-State Spartan for the ultra, but outside of that, most of our races that we have ran have been in the South. So it was a good experience to meet everybody. And I think a lot of those folks are coming out for the black swamp race. That's awesome. And I mean, that, that's kind of cool to, to get those kind of, you know, that kind of local help and all that. I mean, once again, like I said, it kind of shows to, you know, what kind of brand you have that people want to come out and help. I mean, it's one of those things I've seen a lot where all of a sudden, like the first year, the first two years, a company gets a lot of volunteers. And then the next year they can't find anyone. It's like, well, what'd you do to them the first two years? It made them not want to come back the third. <laughs> yeah. And you know, our, we recognize we could not do it without our volunteers and you know, our, our ambassador staff that says, Hey, I want to help with social, or I want to help with, um, the website, or I want to help with sponsorships or whatever they help with, you know, if they pull extra duties, they don't pay to race period. Um, and, and we, like I said, we try to get their hotel rooms and we always do a dinner after the race. Um, even if we're in the hole, we still are going to take care of our volunteers because without them, it wouldn't be possible at all. Um, you know, and that's, that's huge to me. I, I volunteered once at another race and, uh, was putting, uh, taking down tents, registration tents. And that was the most miserable in the rain. That was the most miserable situation. And I figured it out and it was like nine bucks an hour of what I saved. And I was like, I will never do this again at this this level now when you know other like any mud run i volunteered up there yeah. that kind of by um you know local races that they just need help i'll go volunteer not necessarily for a free race but just to just to help i didn't yeah. i didn't in mud run <laughs> I, I went to work with Legendborn, and uh we had a phoenix booth and jason ran it but uh i i am glad to say i didn't run that race. <laughs> i heard it was a fun one I've, I've heard from a few people that i talked to that you know said it was a fun one i gotta go out there so I, i'm hoping you know maybe the the that they aren't completely gone but who knows so there's a lot of this is what i'll say i think they will be a race in kashokta next year i know it won't be indian mudra yeah. that's about my level of knowledge of the situation 
<laughs> kind of what I figured. That's kind of what I've heard that, you know, it's going to be that way, but who knows? I mean, who knows what's going to happen in this crazy world. So who knows? Like I said, yeah. I, I keep hoping we're going to get more up here in the, the Northwest. We, we, like I said, we had a couple fun ones up here that are just, I want to see them come back, but who knows if they will. So, you know, and what's so expensive to get on the other side of the United States. We, yeah, and that's what's holding us back from a lot of the other venues. You know, there's a great venue up in New York state and we would love to, to get up in that area, but you know, it's a 15 hour drive from here and mm-hmm. we don't have drivers. We can't ship this stuff. You know, it's, it's me and Jason and, and sometimes Kate and two trucks and two trailers. And here we go. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, that's difficult. It is. It is. And, you know, we're, we like the, the Ohio aspect of it because we can build that course and leave it and then just move things around to change it up a little bit. Jason is a very good at building obstacles that can be an obstacle if you're coming at it from this way or this way. Yeah. So with very little modifications, you know, you might have to add a rope or, or something of that nature, but it can have a dual purpose because one thing we won't do is build two courses exactly the same. Um, it, it just isn't any fun. If the racers come out and know what they're expecting, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's not any fun for the racers. So we do like the element of being able to have that course there, have that property, leave everything we need aside from our rig. It's, it's got to go. We can't afford a rig for every venue, uh, so, but it, it can go on the smaller trailer and, you know, it's a lot less expensive for one vehicle. So, yeah. And that's, what's nice too. And some of those, if you can build one and leave it, but I mean, then adjust it, you know, and that's one thing that, you know, I have seen some like around here, there used to be one that where they built it and it was just that way. But then all of a sudden it was like year three or four, you could tell they weren't doing any maintenance to it and you're like i'm not going on that because i'm pretty sure i'm gonna die so i'm out no it's like i like an obstacle but i don't like an obstacle but as a chance i mean i get that we signed a waiver but you know yeah that just looks sketch it does it does and there's been a few that i've seen that i'm just like yeah no (laughs) so is there anything else you want to talk about coming up i mean let anybody know you know what you've got going i mean i want to get out there and do it but this year because of things i got planned for next year the travel besides the ones that we have. And part of those I'm only going to, because my wife wants to go to that city for other reasons. So, <laughs> well, your wife would love Chattanooga and um, that's coming up on September 3rd. Uh, we do in, in, in order to help make it a little bit more affordable for everybody. We, first of all, our races are inexpensive. All of our races, whether it's competitive or open, it's always going to be under a hundred dollars, even on race day. I think race day it's, 99 for competitive and 89 for open but leading up to it um it's they start at 39 and then they're 59 and then 69 and then you know they jump race week so um our races are always you know very reasonably priced for the swag you get but in chattanooga it is close to our home gym so um we have a big ocr slumber party so everybody brings an air mattress or a sleeping bag or a hammock to hang from the monkey bars and they camp out because we have showers, we have bathrooms, we have microwave, we have fridge, you know, just about anything you're going to need that a hotel room would have, we have it there. So, um, and our gym is, it's 14,000 square feet, but it's sectioned off. So we have a big training camp room, then we have a fight club room, then we have an OCR room, then we have the free weights and then the yoga room. So there's plenty of space for everybody to spread out and not be on top of each other. 
Um, so that's an option. Uh, between now and Chattanooga, we have the August 13th, uh, Ohio Black Swamp, September 3rd, Chattanooga, and then we're back in Kentucky, just east of Louisville on October 22nd for the Berserker, Berserker Battle. <laughs> <laughs> that's sponsored by Berserker Coffee. Say so that one four times fast. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're looking forward to that event too. Um, it was last year was miserable no don't tell them that (laughs) oh we moved it a month earlier um it was in in late november this year it is in october because i said i am not i am not directing a race in 28 degree weather period (laughs) next year it's got to be earlier or i'm not coming (laughs) i could see that it was a very very blistery wind cold morning so out of the registrations we had we had a 50 percent no show wow yeah 50 percent because of the weather it was spinning it had poured down rain the day before so all that had iced over the parking lot was just ice it was a mess but uh you know what we had a great time we ended up having a good time um, Land Matthews that owns the Berserker brand built a big old fire. And we had hot chocolate out there, and once everybody started getting warmed up, it was uh, it was just a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. I know we had one up here once that was called the Freeze that was down in like Oregon that I was going to go to, and literally like the day it was supposed to be, I left my house to like drive down there and made it like a mile from my house. Looked down the because I'm up on a hill, went to where the to go down the hill, and I'm like, nope, ain't happening. No, and, like, went back to my house. I'm like, nope, can't do it. Ain't gonna do it. Nope. <laughs> yeah we, we might do a cold weather race next year might is is a huge word um we also might do a very southern warm weather race we'll see uh jason doesn't mind the cold so he's all about having a cold weather race up in ohio um also going to be looking at doing some night races next year too um we had a blast at the night race we went to at the black swamp the moonlight uh their moonlight mud run it was so much fun um so those will i don't know if they'll tie into a morning race um because you realistically can't um do a a world's qualifier night race yeah so we might do tie it into the daytime race and then mix it up a little bit for the evening run that's just a fun run families can come out and do it together but um you know we'll see that's that's all on our plate and we're just tossing around all the ideas of what what do the people want to see what do the racers want to do kind of thing the night race sounds fun i've done a couple never a mud run but i've done a couple i just did like the ccu was a 24-hour event so we're running around in the trails in the middle of the night and really made me realize i need a much better headlamp um and then i did um the Ragnar, one of the races I had to do, I had to run nine miles in the middle of the night um, down a freaking highway. So it was so weird. But I was mad, though, because I didn't pick. There was one running across a really cool bridge, the Exception Pass Bridge up here, and I didn't realize it was the leg before me. Oh, no. So I was kind of like, damn it, I wanted that one. But, yeah, so. But that I, all sounds fine. Uh, this night run, you're in the black swamp. Mud to hear okay now that sound from the waist from the waist to the chest is water but 
you know, from, from the mud starts about your waist and then from about your knees down, it is thick black mud. I was positive an anaconda was going to eat me. <laughs> I'm not thinking of those in Ohio. No, but it didn't matter to me at that moment. <laughs> no, but I get it. Cause that's one of the things everyone always laughs at me. Cause I hate the dunk wall or anything where I have to go into water that I can't see into. And I'm like, I've watched enough horror movies. I know what's in that water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. It's like I tell everyone, we don't need the COVID vaccine. We've been in a dunk wall. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> We've had it all, everything. So, all right. Well on that one, <laughs> I think I'm going to, you know, let you go. Um, thank you for having, for, you know, being on here with me and talking about it. I look so forward to being able to come out to the East coast and do some of your races. So, you know, like you said, you'll be around in 2023 and you better, because that's the only way I'm getting out there to see your races and, and do a few of them. So I'd love to do all of them, the mud, the triathlon, all of it. We'll be here. Right on. All right. Well, hopefully I'll see you. Thanks, Mike. Have a good day. You too. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.